Hey everyone, welcome back to Global Blue Nosers, the podcast about everyday people around the world whose lives have been shaped by the province of Nova Scotia. I'm your host, Sean Meister, and before we get started today, just a reminder that our first in-person Global Blue Nosers meetup is happening this October in Dallas, Texas. If you're a Nova Scotian or a Nova Scotian by choice living in Dallas, come on out to meet your fellow Blue Nosers living in the city. The link to grab your free ticket is in the show notes. So today's guest is someone who just keeps having shared connections with me. Uh, we first connected on LinkedIn a few years back, and since then keep finding people we both know in our respective networks. And then the latest discovery actually happened as we were waiting to start this conversation uh, that we're going to listen to today. Neil McKinnon uh, was born in New Glasgow uh, and grew up between Truro and Bridgewater. He trained as a pharmacist at Dalhousie University in Halifax before going on to complete his master's and PhD in the United States. Neil has held several leadership roles at universities and colleges across the U.S., but is now the provost at Augusta University in Augusta, Georgia. I can say firsthand that Neil is such a proud Nova Scotian. Uh, He loves his home province and is regularly back here with his wife and three daughters. Today's episode is uh, also pretty special. Uh, It's my very first attempt at an in-person chat, uh, sort of on location in public. Uh, Neil was recently home for that annual visit, uh, so we met up at the LaHave Bakery in LaHave, Nova Scotia to chat. Because of that, the audio can get a little shaky at times, uh, and you'll hear some background noise, but it was a lot of fun to do something like this, and I think we only scared away like maybe one table of people in the process. So prepare to be transported to the LaHave Bakery, and I hope you enjoy the conversation. The sun was setting in the west, and the birds were singing on every tree. And no, they just seemed inclined for rest, but still there was no rest for me. I grieve to leave my native land, I grieve to leave my comrades all, and my parents whom I held so dear, and the body, body lass that I do adore. Shall the sea bound coast watch your mountains dark and drear I be for when I am far away on the primary ocean dust Will you ever heave a sigh or a wish for me? Will you ever heave a sigh or a wish for me? Will you ever heave a sigh or a wish for me? All right, so here we are in uh, the beautiful Lahave Bakery in Lahave, Nova Scotia. I'm uh, I'm here with Neil. Thanks so much for doing this, man. Hey, well, so great. Thanks for reaching out. I know you really want to get Nathan McKinnon. <laughs> you know, you are getting an N McKinnon, so Neil McKinnon. But I'll, I'll try to. You know, I can talk about the Colorado Avalanche if you want. You know, I, but I don't have a Stanley Cup ring. Yeah. You know, so I'm a Flames fan, so oh, t- okay. talking about the Avalanche could get a little well, bit. Con- it, con- con- Adam Condry, Adam Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just wish that he would have won the Cup to, <laughs> when he signed with us yeah. uh, too. But um, no, it's. I, I definitely when I, I sent the email, I, I did N McKinnon. I thought it was. So, but yeah. I think this is a great, you know, it's a great consolation prize. Well, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, I, I apologize for all the listeners out there that were just hoping to, you know, hear a few minutes uh, back and forth with Nathan. So yeah, sorry to everybody. When I was doing the the lead up to this episode, I kept saying that N McKinnon was joining. <laughs> um, it's Neil. Uh, 
but yeah, so I mean, t- today is a, a diff- totally different episode for us, Neil, because we're in person. You're back right. home. Yeah. We're here in, in La Haye Bakery, which is amazing. Everyone's probably going to be hearing the, the sounds of, you know, cappuccino machines and, you know, residual chatting. But, um, you know, it's great to have you here. But like to start the show, let's talk about why this is a visit home and not just you chilling out here, living here all the time. What's the journey yeah. of where life started to where you're at now? Give us the rundown. Well, we probably should have. Interest of uh, full disclosure for your listeners: This is episode's not sponsored by like La Hay Bakery. It, it is not. No, it's just no. we both really like it. Yeah, so yeah, we're here. But uh, you know, definitely, if you want to come, though, this definitely is a good place to get baked goods. This is my second trip already on this, uh, I mean, this trip. I just took a sip of my cappuccino, <laughs> and I'd say I, they don't need to pay me to say that it's delicious. Right, it's, right. it's amazing. Yeah, very good. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, so I was born in the Glasgow, grew up in Choral and uh, Bridgewater. Um, went to Bridgewater High School, and I kind of joke with this, Sean. Um, every school I've attended now no longer exists. So I went to a very small um, kindergarten called Me Belief um, Kindergarten. It was just kindergarten, uh, Salmon River, Nova Scotia. It's closed. Um, the elementary school I went to, Salmon River Elementary, is closed. I went to a uh, small private Christian school in Toronto for Middle School. That is closed. Junior high, that's closed. And even my high school, Bridgewater High School, where I was invited back a few years ago as a commencement speaker, is now closed. Um, so I did go to university at Dalhousie. I think Dalhousie's still open, right? Is that right? Dal, you know what? It's actually still kicking. They're doing doing all right. So, I mean, you know, one of many, it's still, (laughs) it's still going. (laughs) Very good. Uh, but yeah, so just, uh, graduate from Bridgewater, went to Dal, uh, trained uh, as a pharmacist and then went to the U S uh, Wisconsin University of Florida for, um, master's and PhD, met my future, uh, wife at University of Florida. I convinced her to move from Florida and Arizona where she was from to Nova Scotia. Uh, we lived here uh, about 12 years, uh, had three daughters, uh, and then left uh, in 2011. So uh, since then, we've moved a few different times in the U.S. So we're now um, in Augusta, Georgia, probably most famous for the Masters tournament. I was going to say, we might, we'll might we have to just address that right up yeah. front. You you live in a place that's known for like one of the greatest golf tournaments right. ever. And I may or may not be listening, wearing a green jacket. Right now. Your listeners will never know, but you know. I mean, don't Google that, everyone. <laughs> just just trust me. He uh, he definitely won the last one. It's amazing. It fits perfectly. Exactly. exactly. Um, but yeah, so we're, uh, but yeah, but I'm back. Um, my parents still live in Bridgewater. Um, you know, it's really considered this, this home. So we're, we're in uh, Petite Riviere, uh, for, for a week and then Halifax for a few days, but yeah, it's, it's always fantastic, uh, to, to be back for sure. So your wife is originally from Arizona. Yeah. So I gotta, I gotta know, um, I mean, I brought my wife here from Ontario, which was, you know, <laughs> Southern Ontario. So right. she got lots of warm and, and she was kind of like, why is everyone in Nova Scotia love like 23 degree weather when yeah. it's so cold for me? So I, I have to know, what was it like for your wife to yeah. come from, you know, growing up in Arizona to, to Nova Scotia? Yeah, that was probably the first test of our relationship, to be honest. Um, so we, um, well, you know, it's, we were dating. And so, um, she came up to visit to meet my family and that was in January or February, I believe oh. she did not own a scarf, did not own a coat, did not own mittens, did not own a hat. So she bought, so that was fun for her to buy all that. And, you know, she actually did fall in love, in love with the place. So, um, so yes. And then, uh, when we got married, uh, we got married on December 28th and then moved here right after. So right in the heart of winter <laughs> as well. So that was a good marriage test and we survived. Um, but no, she, she loves the place as much as I do. Um, you know, um, my wife and I and our three children were all dual citizens. Um, she became Canadian citizen. And, um, yeah, for her, it's, um, when we come back, um, you know, it's all her favorite places and seeing old friends as well. So yeah. she, though she did, has not had a donor yet. I've, oh. I've had two since I've been back. So I'm, I'm already two up on my wife. 
So she's not. Has she never had one? Or she, no? It's the smell that just doesn't. You know. And you, she, she means she makes me eat it outside as well. So maybe not allowed to eat it inside the house. So um, yeah, I've been following those rules since I've been back. You know, not eating it inside. I mean, that's that. I get it. That's fine. <laughs> um, but I mean, she's a dual citizen. Right. She's lived here. Like she could lose her citizenship over maybe not eating right. donair. So I can think. I mean. I'm, I always consider that we've all got unofficial Nova Scotia citizenship, yeah. which is different than right, Canadians. Right. So, I mean, like, she's on the edge there. Yeah, um, we have to have a talk with her, Sean. That's a good point. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, but she does like other Nova Scotia food and, and stuff, so that, that's good. But, um, but you know, it's, it's been great. We're, um, you know, of course, uh, we're recording this course in, in June, start of summer, and the weather's just, um, you know, last night, we're, the house we're, we're renting it has a backyard. Uh, with a fire pit in a hammock that overlooks the estuary of the Petite Riviera that goes out, you know, by folks that might know near Research Beach and stuff. And it's, I mean, it was, it was light last night, almost like 10, you know, yeah. and it's just, uh, you know, you just feel peace. I mean, it's just, just incredible feelings. So, yeah. yeah. And so for your daughters, were they uh, all born here? Or? They were, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, the IWK and. Um, so we left when they were, um, our oldest was seven and then our, um, twin, we have twin, identical twin girls. They were, they were five. Okay. So how, uh, you know, what's their Nova Scotia identity like? How closely do they feel connected to the yeah. place they were born in? They, you know, it's, it's, um, we come back and see, um, it's, it's often the stuff you can't have that you want. Right. So just for example, like all the, the great Canadian chocolate, right. That you can't get in the U S so arrow crispy crunch, crunchy. Uh, all that stuff is, of course, of course, donairs as well. So they, they do eat donairs. Um, but, you know, for our daughters, a lot of it's been cultural. They were um, like thousands of young Nova Scotia girls, you know, um, got into Scottish Highland dancing here. Um, and um, and it's interesting. We, we left in 2011. We moved to Arizona. Not exactly a hotbed of Scottish <laughs> Highland dancing. There was one teacher in Tucson. We found one teacher. And so she took on the girls. And then our oldest, Bria, she started really improving. Um, the, the teacher said, you know, I've never had a student as good as your daughter. I'm not entirely sure what I'm doing. Do you mind if I kind of uh, help co-teach with a friend of mine in Houston who started joining on Skype? Okay. And so, and then we moved to Cincinnati, um, continued to work with that teacher in Houston. And then our daughters all just kind of kept getting, you know, uh, better and better. And so Bria ended up being um, a three-time U.S. national champion in the sport. Um, and then our uh, twins actually as high as ranked as um, four and three in the country. Wow. And they all competed, you know, at the worlds and, and placed there as well. So um, we always had that connection with Nova Scotia because we, when we'd come back. It wasn't just to see my, my parents and enjoy the food. They would actually do a couple of competitions uh, here. Okay. And um, you know, Highland Dance is a pretty small world. So we would know the teachers here and the, uh, the Highland Dance teacher here in Bridgewater, Angela McKinnon, would let us, um, would rent out her dance studio so our girls could practice during their vacation as well. Another McKinnon. Yeah, it is, exactly. Although MC, so, you know, I'm not, not quite there. but Yeah, it's uh, it's one of my favorite things in Nova Scotia is just, like, tracing the names. Like, so even, like, we were in line waiting for our coffees and everything, and, you know, you asked if I'd grown up around here. I said, New Ross, you're like, oh, Meister, of course. And it's like, it's hilarious that, especially for those of us that are like, you know, long histories here yeah, in the province, yeah. we've almost become localized in our That's names. Right. Um, and it's, so it's even for me, when I go out in the world, I'll see a name. I'm like, there's got to be a tie back right. to Nova Scotia in some way. It's really neat. You, know, it's, it, you hit something special where, you know, um, there's such a strong linkage to the land here. And of course, uh, especially, you know, in rural Nova Scotia, where, where you're exactly right, where those generations of people, you know, pass down properties and, and live here, which is, 
that, that connection. Um, you know, we've lived in some other places. I'll just give an example, like Tucson, where we lived. You know, it's a nice city, but very transient. Mm. Like hardly anybody who lives in Tucson is from there. Uh, it's about an hour from the U.S.-Mexico border. There's a military base there. A lot of transitions where Nova Scotia, you know, it's just that the connections people have here is just, just, uh, I definitely took that for granted as a, as a kid and growing up here. And you kind of see the difference when you live in other places. Yeah, it's, it's, there's really that, that connection to place here, um, you know, whether it's familial or just through the place. Like, it's funny how many people you'll see move here and take on the identity yeah, of right. the town and the region that they come into. And it, it, it really is a unique thing. Um, and I haven't seen it in other places I've I've lived around yeah. the country. Um, so yeah, it, it, it ropes you in, whether through your family <laughs> history or the fact that you're like, this place is special. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I mean, it's one of those things, you know, for, for you now, you've been away, you said since 2011. Right, right, so 12 years now. 12 years, you come back every year if you can? Yeah, other than the COVID, obviously with the restrictions there, you should come back twice a year. I still have an adjunct faculty appointment at Dow, uh, still do some research there. Um, and of course, you know, bring the whole family back in the summer to see see my parents. So, um, so yeah, it's just you know, there's there's that loyalty, that connection. Doesn't matter where you live, you uh, will always be a blue noser and have those roots. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, so you mentioned about the the connection to Dow, uh, and obviously, you know, like I said in the intro, you've got that you're at Augusta University. Yeah. Um, so, you know, what's your when you look back here mm -hmm. home to Nova Scotia, like this is kind of like Canada's university right. hotbed, right? Right. Um, you know what? How do you see the what's happening here from from that side of things? Just from a professional standpoint, when you look back to to Nova Scotia, Dow, and things like that, what's your impression of how things are moving here? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Um, yeah, you know, definitely, um, Dow's a special place. Um, you know, obviously with the, uh, you know, I'm in healthcare, so obviously, you know, with, with medicine, and pharmacy, and nursing, and uh, my wife's an OT, so she's in healthcare as well. Uh, you know, it's a research university. It's in Canada, uh, what they call U15, so top 15 uh, universities in Canada, the, the special club. But I would say, you know, the skills that I got here, um, it's amazing how years later I'm still using. I'll just give you one example. So in 1992, I was a third, just finished my third year of um, pharmacy school at Dow, and I decided to stay in Halifax that summer and do research with a professor. Um, and that was really what got my love for, for research going where, you know, okay. when I'm going to get a master's and a PhD, well, you know, th this summer I'm still, you know, even though I'm a, I'm a provost, I'm still a professor. I have a summer research student. Right. And so, um, in that professor that, that, uh, I did this research at Dallas, she's actually retiring at the end of June finally. So, you know, I reached out to her last week and just kind of, you know, just wanted to thank her for, for the influence she had on my life. Um, so those linkages kind of come, um, another kind of cool connection. Um, um, Pam Kennedy was a, a pharmacy student at Dow when I was there who, who did summer research with me. So spent a whole summer doing research. Uh, after she graduated from Dow, she moved to Bridgewater. She's from Brunswick originally. Okay. She now owns a Guardian Pharmacy in Bridgewater, and it's the pharmacy that my parents go to. So you think about that, it's kind of cool. And actually, I worked in her pharmacy, you know, back when I was a, when I was a, a student as well. So just those kind of connections in the arc of life. So yesterday, actually, um, now our, our three daughters are interested in pharmacy. Our oldest daughter is actually applying to pharmacy school since fall. So we spent part of the day yesterday with Pam showing us not just her pharmacy, but now with the primary care model yeah. in Nova Scotia using pharmacies is so cutting edge. And so uh, Pam actually has space on the second floor of the medical arts building in Bridgewater. It used to be a physician office mm. where um, patients can get right in and see her. For example, if they think they might have strep throat, 
go and get tested, diagnosed, get a prescription right there. So if they don't have a family physician, they can do that. Um, last month in Georgia, in, in, in May, we had a congressman visit our university. His name is Buddy Carter. He's the only pharmacist in the U.S. Congress. And so I was telling him mm-hmm. about what pharmacists were doing in Nova Scotia. And he was like, the look on his face, I can't show your listeners here, but it was <laughs> like, it wasn't a bad look. It was a good look. He was like, I just like so impressive. And I'm, I'm going to follow up and send him an email for this trip and send him some pictures from visiting Pam's pharmacy. So I think in that case, you know, Nova Scotia really can be a role model to the world and kind of, uh, you know, obviously a bit of a crisis with healthcare, but being innovative and in that case, using pharmacists to their full ability to kind of be a bit of a pressure release on, mm-hmm. on physicians. I mean, that's really interesting. It's amazing. You know, I live 10 minutes outside of town and yeah. I didn't know about that yeah, uh, yeah. going on in Bridgewater. And I think it's good to put a spotlight on that because, I mean, I think everywhere in the world, but, you know, definitely here we've got, yeah. Yeah, there's a bit of a healthcare crisis when it yes. comes to access and everything like that. So it is nice to shine a light on something and realize that it's like, oh, wow, that's something that's novel that's happening here in Bridgewater, Nova Scotia. Right. You would, you know, you probably wouldn't, no. uh, if you had to pick a place, you, know, you might think like maybe New York or you know, somewhere else, but, uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's definitely novel. Um, it's a pilot that the uh, provincial government started earlier this year and there's a number of pharmacies around the province. So, um, but, it, but it's working, you know, and I think, you know, as, as I look back, you know, I'm kind of torn because, you know, healthcare is a topic I still do research and I'm passionate about part of my role. Actually, I'm on the board of our, our university's healthcare system. We have a the Children's Hospital of Georgia, the Georgia Cancer Center, the Main Teaching Hospital of Georgia. I'm on the board, so I'm very much involved in healthcare. And, you know, and, and certainly I know that, that uh, you know, it's almost too bad you can't take the best out of Canada and the best of the U.S. and combine it together because both are deeply flawed, you know. And, and on a personal level just as well, I know my, my uncle um, this this fall, um, you know, he spent the last um, five days of his life um, in the emergency department in Bridgewater. On a, on a stretcher mm-hmm. closet. So, so there's huge issues in Nova Scotia with, you know, access to care, wait times and stuff, but then innovative models like that, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, if you have, if you have a child with an ear infection, why can't you just see the pharmacist and get uh, antibiotic for otitis media? If you have, um, again, uh, something like we just talked about where uh, other conditions uh, or you need a, a flu shot or something, go, go to the pharmacist. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think with any of those types of topics, like, you know, there's going to be challenges. It's what you want to see is, efforts to address yeah, yeah, yeah. you know exactly. it's because no system is perfect no. and i think anyone that says it is is <laughs> living right. but yeah it's like you want to see that efforts are being made yeah. to just like in your own life you want right. to you want to see that so um but yeah so i mean you know thinking about now it's 12 years away um i always like to go back to the point in people's lives when they leave okay sure, um, sure. and so i'm kind of curious what was what was that process like you know you you would you know you you realize that you're going out into the world you're yeah. you and your family are moving for some people it doesn't even register in their right. mind for some people it's a deeply emotional experience what yeah. was that like for you to make that move away from the province so that's a that's a good question sean it was um you know it wasn't leaving as far as like not liking my job or being disgusted with the place or anything like that you know it really was um it was difficult because, you know, my parents live in, and that was one of the hardest things ever, you know, tell my parents that were not just uh, uh, to New Brunswick, or to uh, Arizona, yeah. you know, the other side of the continent, uh, you know, a different country. Um, so th- that definitely was hard. It was more, I think, you know, in academia, I guess I, I'm probably in a, in a uh, profession that, you know, typically if folks um, do move up, um, it's pretty rare to stay at the same university your whole life. Um, and so for me, I had, I was a full, full professor. I was overseeing the research enterprise at, 
uh, at the College of Pharmacy at Dallas, and really for me to move up, you know, there really, unfortunately, there were, you know, it really wasn't opportunities. And so, so obviously it was, it was a kind of a, a family decision with my wife. There was appeal because, you know, she was originally from Arizona so to spend some time with her family. Uh, and then we've moved to Cincinnati where I became a dean and now I'm a provost. So I really um, help run the university in, in, um, in the United States. So, um, so, you know, we've moved a few times, you know, moving is good and bad. It does tend to bond the family. I think, you know, you're kind of maybe it's shared misery or, or, you know, <laughs> learning things new and that, that feeling of, and I would have to say it's interesting, just, you know, our oldest daughter finished her freshman year at university this year. And for her, it wasn't a big deal. Mm-hmm. She had other friends that had never left home and stuff. Right. So for her, it's like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. You know, we're just, you know, it's the next phase of my life. So, um, but for us, it's been really important to maintain those ties back to Nova Scotia in the 12 years again, you know, c- coming back on a regular basis and, you know, in some ways, you know, social media makes it better and worse. There's the FOMO, right. You yeah. see other friends doing stuff. You're like, oh man. Um, but then just to keep those connections, um, you know, I've had kind of a, a rule with Facebook where I don't friend current students until they graduate. Mm-hmm. And then I have now this, you know, across the Maritimes, you know, hundreds of students that I, I taught um, in, in the profession of pharmacy. And it's neat to see, um, you know, how, how they've, how, how their lives have progressed as well. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, it's really interesting. I mean, I, I know for, for myself, I'll see if I can talk for a little while so you can have a drink. Either. Okay. Well, yeah, that's right. I realize I'm like, I'm just firing questions. And- <laughs> that's right. This is the joys of doing a, an interview right live in, in here because I'm like, I had to power through that cappuccino. Yeah, you're um, a little bit hyper there, Sean. I don't think you're I know, jitters. Just, just you know? jazz. It's, I'm not going to say that I was drinking coffee all morning, but I was because, you know, got to be high energy for the listeners. Um, but yeah, I mean, I know for me, it was a, a really conflicted feeling leaving. But, uh, you know, the, the one thing I really found was it also taught me a lot about being Nova Scotian. Yeah, right. And I remember in the very first episode of this of this show, the way I described it was I grew up not identifying as a Nova Scotian. I was okay. just yeah. I was just a guy living in right. New Ross. Yeah. yeah. And I lived on a farm. That was the cycle of my life. And then I went to university in Nova Scotia. Yeah. And I was just now still another guy in Nova Scotia. And then all of a sudden I got I left the province. And yeah. Yeah. it was this whole thing where I went through, especially for me living so rurally I was a really interesting experience. So like for you, as you've lived these 12 years away, what have you kind of learned about yourself as a Nova Scotian and about, about the province yeah. um, looking at it from that perspective? Well, yeah, I would say just, you know, the things you kind of took for granted, uh, especially I would say growing up just uh, it was in, in high school. It was interesting. Just yesterday afternoon, we were kind of on the side of Worcester's Beach. For those that might know, there's kind of like a side beach that's a little bit more sheltered that's across from another beach called Sperry's Beach. So we were there, my wife and I and our daughters had um, a little skim board, and then they sat down beside us and across, like, across the channel on Sperry's Beach looked like there was a group maybe of like older middle schoolers or younger high school students. And one of our daughters like, man, they're so lucky. They get to like leave school and come down and hang out at the beach. So, I mean, again, stuff like that. Yeah, that, is, that actually is pretty lucky and pretty cool. Again, um, you know, and, and it really is a, a beautiful province with a lot of opportunity here. So I think those are the things you kind of um, things that I, I took for granted, you know, like, oh, doesn't everyone live near the beach or, or have stuff like that? So, um, you know, just the, the beauty, uh, low crime, sense of community, those things that are more um, sometimes qualitative that maybe um, you don't get when you're, you're younger. Um, I think the sense of culture, too, um, and folks understand that live in Nova Scotia, but they don't get it that many places don't have that. And, you know, we, we love Georgia living there. Actually, you know, it's, it's great, but there's not like that sense of culture. It's maybe like country music a bit, but mm-hmm. it's not like Nova Scotia that has 
that has that, um, you know, you think of the number of musicians and artists and other people that have come out of Nova Scotia, it's, it's, it's crazy. So I think that's been, that's been part of it yeah. for sure. You mentioned music. I don't know how much of a music guy you are, but um, do you have any, you know, you know, bands or songs from home that you, you like to throw on that you've got on, on a Spotify list or something? Yeah, I've just got a playlist on my iPhone that's all like kind of local music. So I've been playing that a little bit. Uh, yeah, but probably a blend of like, you know, um, and I'm okay, just so listeners, I'm 52. So I'm a little older here than Sean, probably the average age of most, but but uh, but some of the Celtic stuff, like, you know, Ashley McIsaac and stuff like that. Um, it was interesting, the other week I was just playing uh, Sloan was big when I went to Dell. And so they're actually first album. Um, but it was interesting because while I'm here in Nova Scotia today, Sloan actually is in Georgia. So, uh, so it's kind of like, oh, that sucks. So, you know, whatever. That, it's so weird. It's like, you're not even the first person to mention that that's to them, where they're like, it's, I finally get home to Nova Scotia. And then a band that I thought maybe I could see is where I live. Right. Like, really? It's sometimes the world rewards us as Nova Scotians. <laughs> other times it takes away. Yeah, it's a cruel joke. <laughs> exactly. So uh, no hard feelings. But uh, but yeah, no, I think um, I remember was, I think my wife and I had just moved here before kids. And it, we were downtown Halifax. It was after the East Coast Music Awards. And we went to and I, I don't think this bar even exists anymore, but just and they were like Natalie McMaster was like jamming in the back with like Ashley McIsaac and stuff. And it was just like, like, where else does that happen? Um, so uh, I think, you know, um, yeah, it's just, you know, that kind of stuff is is very special. And you're right. You come back to foods and restaurants that you like, you know, we'll still go to Bicycle Thief, again, which is not a sponsor for this, uh, as well as the Hay Bakery, but, uh, and of course, you know, uh, Donaires as well. So, so Bicycle Thief, and and yeah, so I'll, I'll clear, nobody's sponsoring, <laughs> sponsoring me. Uh, it, I, I talk about food because, I mean, I love food, so we, and it was so important to me when I was living yeah, away, like, yeah. getting home and just, like, packing myself as yeah. full as I could. Um, yeah, we've it, done that too. Yeah. <laughs> Not good. I mean, you're you're just giving all the business to Lahave right now because you're down the road. So I mean, you totally get what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, I mean, Bicycle Thief is my go-to yeah. like business meeting spot because like when yeah. my office is downtown Halifax when I'm working in Halifax. So it's like I mean, down the waterfront, yeah. good food, classic East Coast vibe. Like you can't go wrong there. Um, but I mean, you know, since we're there, usually I wait till later. But <laughs> since we're there, we might as well. I mean, you know, obviously you mentioned Donair and stuff, but what are some of the other you know? any restaurants or foods that you, you've got to have when you're home. Yeah. 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 Again, it's kind of the stuff that you can't get. Um, so again, some of it would just be, you know, for our, our girls, especially would be like ketchup potato chips, actually, which is kind of like, you know, and it's weird because you try to describe that to Americans and they go like, that's gross. But I'm like, okay, you put ketchup on French fries. Those are potatoes. Yeah. Like, you know, it's the same, it's the yeah. same thing. Done it's, exactly. So it's funny. Our twins have a best friend. So we're actually going to bring home a bag of ketchup chips. They're going to give it to her next house tonight. They're probably not going to travel well. I think <laughs> chips, you know, in a bag, suitcase, but but they're going to try that. So I think stuff, you know, stuff like that is um, is good. But yeah, we always, you know, we have favorite restaurants in Halifax that we'll uh, we'll definitely go to the second part of the trip. But part of this too is just to be honest, you know, um, we're seeing my parents. So mom has been bringing down like her foods. Like she makes amazing like seafood chowder and stuff. There's a new restaurant here in Petit. Um, called Osprey's Nest that has like great scallops and stuff. So I think, you know, the seafood definitely is, is a big part of it. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I think, you know, the, the food is, is part of the culture and uh, as well as the music that we talked about before. Yeah. So I got to know, I mean, that was one of the things for me when, when I'd come home, my, my mom 
was classic East Coast mom. I don't know what yours, but like yeah. she she fed me like I hadn't eaten yeah. since awesome. since I was last home. Is that your experience? Is your mom still cranking out what she can to yeah. keep, keep you guys fed? Like the amount of food that she has already. And my aunt came down yesterday and visited, and she brought us like two bags of scallops that we had last night, and just like number of cookies. And, yeah, so it's just our house looks like a restaurant itself, the one that we're resting renting here this week so yeah it's uh there is that kind of thing where i think she's trying to cram a year's worth of food into one week you know and not that i'm saying that's a bad thing you know we're not like so we're trying to consume all we can yeah uh no it's definitely for me it was like the one nice thing i mean i was typically living elsewhere in canada when i was away and so it was a bit easier to send stuff like i remember early days my mom would send these care packages and it was just like cookies and squares and everything and then like every time i get home she'd look at me she's like you're not eating i'm like i am it's just that i go to a gym um, because you send me like food for like 10 versions of myself it's true um so and i think that especially like south shore and i know it's in other areas as well but for me growing up in the south shore food was like right there like every community event Um, I know from like my grandmother, that was how they measured their, their worth in the, in the community <laughs> was like, how many compliments did my That's pie right. get this time? Um, so it is funny just how critical that was to just that sense of community. That sense of, no, you're right. And I, I'd have to say another thing like kind of said, tends to be an ongoing theme with this interview, you know, things <laughs> I maybe didn't appreciate, like, you know, something like hodgepodge or host banking, some of the foods where I really did not like at all. And I'm like, you know, actually, it's, it's pretty good. So yeah. maybe it's your palate changes or you kind of appreciate. Brown bread is another one. Okay, it's so my grandmother who's passed away and I made like the best brown bread. So we went to um, Superstore two days ago in Bridgewater and I went right to the, the bakery. So did you have any brown bread? And they actually did. And our we brought that home and that was like, crack like it was just gone and like you know our, our daughters devoured that and they love it too so, yeah 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 i mean definitely you know that was you know brown breads and all hodgepodge i i always made the joke to my wife especially as i got older because it's true i don't know what happens to our palates <laughs> where we all of a sudden like all these things that were like Bleh, when we're when we're younger um but i was like if you could get like a shelf stable hodgepodge the expats would eat that like crazy true, if, yeah. if you could just like can it and right. send it I mean, you would just see all the Nova Scotians like sneaking into the grocery store in these like hubs and be like, you could just, yeah, that's how you could do the, you know, the, the quantification of the community. Well, and I have to uh, kind of rat on your, your uh, cousin, Bryce Meister, who's <laughs> my good friend. So a few years ago, you know, he lives in Winnipeg now. He actually bought six Donairs and put ice packs around them and put them in one of those like lobster things yep. and took them on the plane back to Winnipeg. I'm sure it stunk up the entire plane, but. I mean, people do what they have to do, you know? I mean, you you, you have to survive. <laughs> yeah. You have to survive. And what I love is that you could go through security in Halifax <laughs> with that and no one would right, bat an right, eye. Right. Like, they'd look at that and you'd be like, I'm going back to yeah. Winnipeg. And they'd be like, live there? Yeah. And like, yeah, they're like, go for it. <laughs> yeah. Keep going, sir. Yeah, like, yeah. it'd just be totally. That's right. How many other airports have, have you know, Clearwater Lobster? And you can buy well, that. So. I mean, when people say, like, what's something unique about Nova Scotia? One of my top answers is, like, go to Halifax Stanfield Airport. Right. And look at the number of people walking around, literally with a lobster. <laughs> like, that that makes no, no sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. But we're just all, and it's like, people would probably stuff stuff into bags yeah. to make room for a carry-on and lobster. <laughs> Um, you know, I might have to do that now. We leave uh, next week. Oh, uh, you know, thanks. Uh, thanks a lot, Sean. You know. <laughs>
I mean, I'm I'm just trying to help you know oh, really you. feed your your Nova yeah. Scotia culture. Thank you. Thank that's, you. That'll that, go good with my green jacket. You know, from the it, exactly. So. <laughs> exactly. I mean, red and green, very Christmassy, yes, it will. but it'll yeah. look really good. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it's it's one of those things. So now you're 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 back home. You're got your annual visit. You like to come back. What are what are some of the 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 mainstay things that you like to do when when you get back into the province? Yeah, you know, part of it is I think in that um, you know people have different kinds of vacations. You know, and even our family, it's a little more adventure. And I think for years, because we our daughters were so involved in Highland dancing, every vacation really wasn't. We were just like anywhere we went was to do a competition. So I really, and, and, you know, my, my job, uh, you know, I have you know, 6,000 employees and it's a, it's a pretty high, high pressure job. So really try my best, um, to really appreciate the moment. And it was really cool. Our, our oldest daughter is not keen. Who's really has the maturity, probably a 29 year old. Uh, we were uh, coming in here. She's like, you know, I think we should all delete our social media for the week. So I do, except for LinkedIn, you gotta, I don't know if that's social media or not, you know, it's kind of uh, perfect. I say it's not, Okay, okay. I say yeah. it's not. So I, I support yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But everything I, I deleted. Yeah. And it's amazing just how, how even with the difference that that makes when you don't have Instagram and other stuff on your phone. So I think just trying to savor the moment. And again, I think if there's something good that came out of COVID is, you know, when we weren't able to travel here for two and a half years and see my parents, um, um, you know, for our girls last year was, was three years. Um, you know, I think, think you appreciate things much, much more. So that, that's part of it. Um, so we kind of have, it's almost like a bipolar vacation because we have, you know, a week here in Lunenburg County, very calm, kind of relaxing. And then we'll spend the last bit in Halifax, which get the city vibes. Yeah. And, um, you know, in Halifax, really, I know Halifax, of course, has changed incredibly. Um, you know, but, the, but the waterfront area, again, it's something I probably took for granted where it gets bigger and bigger all, all the time, but you know, um, uh, in, in this one, I am a little biased. My, my best friend, Paul McKinnon is uh, head of the downtown business association in, in Halifax and I'll see him later today, but, but, um, you know, uh, Halifax is just, um, it's a world-class city, um, you know, uh, but especially the waterfront area, it's just not, again, something I kind of took for granted, but even in the U S there's not many cities that can really compete with, with Halifax. There's something for me when i moved home and i didn't spend a lot of time in halifax because i was an acadia student and grew up in new york we didn't spend a lot of time especially in downtown right right. um and so when i moved home and and started working downtown i remember the first few days it was september when i moved back which is like the best time right like mid to late september is. is like is just sweet spot in nova scotia um and i remember walking along the waterfront and it just was that moment where i was like how is this the downtown (laughs) right like just standing on on that boardwalk they've got i mean you're walking the entire length of the downtown on a boardwalk full of good restaurants and things like that it really is spectacular when when you stop and look at it yeah yeah again there's there's very few cities that can really you know know, travel there's obviously great european cities and around the world but but halifax definitely um it really you know and, and it's it's almost um the good and bad i think for years we all knew it was kind of a hidden secret right um and now somehow the word got out and now it's changing which you want economic growth and all that you know province has topped a million people and halifax is economic driver for the whole region uh but then there's the bad you know housing prices and and all the all, all that side of it you know just getting apartment for rent and you're even seeing that you know in the kind of the one hour radius around halifax up to Chorro, the valley and even here in the south yep. shore where i was just had a conversation um yesterday with with my aunt and just um you know, uh, you know, people can't leave where they're living now because the price cap goes away. There's 
anyway, this is not a policy uh, <laughs> podcast, but it's it's like there's you know growth is good and bad, and then of course. Then of course, then you've got the you know Cape Breton and Pictou County and down by Yarmouth, where you know you're not in that one to one and a half hour radius of Halifax, mm-hmm. and and it's uh, it's it's challenging because you know um, you know you don't have the growth problem, but then you know um, you've got the aging infrastructure and demographics. You know. Yeah, well, it's and it's one of those things, especially you know on, on this show, I'm starting to really say you know it's great to celebrate Nova Scotia. It's good to have conversations yeah. about Nova Scotia in general, and I one of the values I see in people that live away is that perspective on right. on things and also being able to bring perspectives of what have they seen done in other spots. And yeah, like I know, like I say anecdotally for myself, like we moved back, bought our house yeah. and I, I'd been living in the suburbs and I was like, I need land. I grew up on a farm, I need land. <laughs> so we bought a place that had, you know, a few acres, but we're like, you know, maybe after five years, our daughter will be you know, yep. six or seven, um, maybe then we want to be in town where she can like walk to school and all that kind yes, of stuff. Yes. Well, then COVID happened right. and, and the price just went skyrocket. Yeah, yeah. So we re-upped our mortgage. <laughs> We're like, Good call. Good we'll call. stay here yeah, because yeah. it's like the places had gone up in some places yeah. like $200,000 right. or more. Um, so it, it is, it's, we've, I always say I, I moved home to the province that I always dreamt of, yeah. but now I'm seeing the challenges come. So we have to face that head on. That's right. Yeah. And you're right. And it's, um, it's just a different, different kinds of challenge. You know, you, you made a good point too. Like when you're away and like, just like you or Sean, like you see kind of maybe a different lens, not better or worse than, it, you know, not being moral superior, but, um, you know, and again, like I said earlier, kind of even with healthcare too, you can't take the best of the U S and the best of, of Canada. I think, you know, just other kind of things, you know, when we were here, we had the, you know, our twins were born and, and our other daughter. So, you know, my wife was working as an OT at the time and to get that like long mat leave, right? The yeah. Social benefits of that. Canada has a great social safety net, really takes care of people that we don't see in the U.S., but then there's the taxes, right? And so I think that's been one challenge, you know, my wife and I have thought about different times of returning, but it's just like economically, mm-hmm. um, the U.S. is just because of the low taxes and kind of opportunity. It's just, um, you know, it's, it's really hard to kind of, it kind of comes out how much of a pay cut you know, yeah. are we willing to take kind of thing. So it's, it is, and there's no perfect system. That's, you know, again, this is not like a deep policy kind of podcast, but it's, um, it's worth mentioning though. I think, you know, at, you know, from my perspective, I think, um, you know, the, the, the taxes is the challenge, I think in Nova Scotia. And I think the East, you know, but then you can't have all the social benefits mm-hmm. without the, so it's like, it's, oh my it's God, a really challenging thing. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's that balancing act to find. And, I don't think any jurisdiction in Canada has truly found right, it. Like some, right. some places go the lower tax route, but then yeah. it has that trickle down right, effect. Right. And um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously us sitting in La Haye Bakery, we're not, <laughs> we're not going to solve the world's problems. We could try. I mean, I, I mean <laughs> if you had Nathan McKinnon here, you probably could, but you know, you got Neil McKinnon. So. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, he'd just be flashing his ring and not <laughs> saying anything. Right. Um, but, uh, but no, it's, you know, Looking, thinking about that sort of outside perspective is, you know, as we get a little bit closer to the end here, I, I always find it interesting talking to people that have lived away. Nova Scotia is not always known right, <laughs> in where, right. the, where yeah. they are. So for you and, you know, as you've moved around yeah. the U.S., you know, one, how known <laughs> is Nova Scotia? And then two, for the people that don't know, but how do you describe this place? Yeah, yeah you know, and I went to school in Wisconsin and Florida, and then we've lived in Arizona, Ohio, and I live in Georgia. So every place has been a little bit different as far as knowledge. I'd say Augusta, Georgia, almost zero. Like people don't even know where Nova Scotia is. Yeah. Uh, um, Canada overall, I think most Americans have a good um, positive perspective of, of Canadians. 
uh, except for maybe the last couple of weeks when the wildfires came down, all <laughs> yeah. the smoke, you know, just get, but, uh, but you know, the cold fronts in the winter when they come down, but, uh, but overall I think, you know, um, it does have, you know, it's they're close countries are quite different, but you know, f- close allies and friends, but Nova Scotia is just this, you know, blank look on most people. Now it is, it is suppressed some, you know, I will, cause I always do bring up, I don't just say I'm from Canada, I'm saying I'm from Nova Scotia. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and it is suppressed sometimes because, oh, I visited there or that's beautiful. I've never heard anyone say anything negative. So the few people that do know it always, you know, say, or oh, that's a place I've been wanting to go you know, for, for years. Right. So, so it's nice to, you know, be from a place that people like in the world if they know it at all. So, um, you know, and, I, and part of my role, I think also is, you know, it's been kind of cool just um, in, in Augusta, there are a few other Canadians on faculty. And so, um, um, I was there maybe six months and I took them all up for lunch and we kind of got together Nice. and, and then we kind of have texting groups. And it's interesting. One of our um, uh, physicians in Augusta, who's from um, Montreal originally, who's a cardiologist, he's looking to retire Mahone Bay. So it's just, you know, it's kind of, there's a small world. Maybe yeah. Great choice. Mahone Bay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Can't go can't, can't, can't yeah. go wrong there. Um, all right. So I'm, you know, I'm looking at the time here and, and we, you've got more to drink and food to eat. <laughs> Uh, more so food to deliver home. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and I you can't go home empty handed. And I have to buy. I have to you buy. You do, or you know, you're. It's going to be a long day for you. Well, yeah. I mean, it's you know, like I say, my wife knows I'm here, uh, and she knows how good the food is at Lake Bakery. Yeah. Not sponsored. <laughs> um, so let let's go to the the question that I ask everybody is you know, and it's kind of perfectly fitting that you're here. You've got you know, you've got a longer time yeah, here. Yeah. So I like to const- you know bring it down and say you've got 24 hours in Nova Scotia mm-hmm. back home. What and we'll we'll make it so that we don't have to worry about the travel time because there's, <laughs> there's some driving there. But like, if you could just cram 24 hours of Nova Scotia into your life, what would it look like? Yeah, you know, it's tough because part of that would be obviously you think of geography, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, I was born in the Glasgow, so it'd be cool, you know, just to see Northumberland Street and you know, Pictou Lodge area and stuff. I grew up in Troll, so you know, the house that we grew up there and. And of course, here in Lindenburg County, you could spend like 20 years trying to visit all the stuff, you know, the Annapolis Valley could written. So I think part of it would be, you know, time travel and teleporting yep. and doing all that. But, but, but it comes down to probably more like people, right? And, um, you know, really, I'm blessed where my parents are still both alive and have a lot of cousins. And, and again, my best friend is in Halifax. So so it, when, you, when you come back, even though a lot of this true, you know, it's the culture that connects us with, um, with food and music and and locations you know life's really about relationships right yeah and i think even for this podcast it's about people that have this connection of of nova scotia or maybe being abroad um and so um so i think it's at the end of the day it's you know again coming out of COVID, i think it's really taught us you know we time's precious um you really need to invest in people that you care about and, and see um and so i think that's probably a lot of it would just be like you know those kind of conversations with people that you had 24 hours. Yeah. Now it might be at, um, you know, Grand Pre or it might be, you know, on uh, Peggy's Gove or something, but, but it'd be with, with the people that you, uh, that you care about. And, and I think, you know, Nova Scotians in particular are incredibly hospitable, incredibly um, warm people as, as well. And uh, there's almost like this um, down to earth kind of work ethic as, as well um, that, you know, again, I kind of took for granted growing up, but, but, don't anymore. And I think, you know, going back to one of your earlier questions, Sean, I've kind of, you know, for me, I think for, for me, a lot of the, my, my core values and stuff really came from 
probably my more rural Nova Scotia upbringing as well. Yeah. And it's so funny, the one of the most common themes across the board and, and you know, probably no surprise to anybody is when you talk about that 24 hours with people, it always starts with family, friends. Yeah, right, and right. so it's, it's true. It's like, it's people and it's community like that, that really forms the foundation of, does, of who yeah. we are. Um, and so it's not surprising. And we just happen to have amazing locations to have those conversations. <laughs> right. Um, so, so yeah, so, well, so Neil, I mean, I can't, I can't thank you enough for doing this. Uh, I'll, I'll just say that LinkedIn has been mentioned a couple of times in this. So I'm going to, I'm going to link to, to yours in the show notes. Um, anyone that, that follows Neil, I mean, I love watching the, the stuff cause it really gives a view into your life yeah. in terms of what your, your job entails. And it's, I really find it really fascinating. Um, and I can always see the Nova Scotia personality coming out in it. So, um, so yeah, so give, definitely give Neil a follow, but thanks so much for taking time out yeah. of a visit home to do this. Yeah, I did mention Sean did get the hot chocolate, so I want to give him a shout out for that. Uh, but, uh, but no, this has been great. And, and I just want to uh, say this as well, Sean, you're just such a great ambassador for the province. Um, and he did not ask me or, or have to say that at all. Uh, but no, seriousness, it's, um, you know, I, you're not getting paid for this and you just, it's something you, you like to do. So, um, so yeah, I think your, your, the sense of, you know, virtual community that you've built as well, has been very much appreciated. So, um, yeah, it's, but this, it's been fun. So it's been a lot of fun and, and yeah, ha happy to do it. It's, uh, I might as well channel a, an unhealthy obsession into something valuable, right? <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much, Neil. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Sounds great. All right. I was so scared when I got home and opened up the audio file on that conversation because I had no idea what we were picking up. Um, I guess I, I could have done a test run, but um, we sat down in, in front of the microphone and, and just hit play and just started chatting. So that whole conversation with Neil, um, I mean, he's he's a pro because he had to watch me continuously fiddling around on my computer to make sure that things looked like they were coming through. But I was so scared. Uh, I remember I got home, I downloaded it right away just to see if it sounded uh, anything, you know, decent for broadcasting. And I think it actually turned out pretty well for just having like a basic, you know, microphone that we both spoke into across a table um, with, you know, a cafe running in the background. I thought that turned out pretty well. Um, but there is some stuff that I found really fascinating about doing that conversation in person because, you know, so much of what Neil talked about was great. But actually, the thing that I wanted to talk about right now is the stuff that he didn't say. And it was more so what I got to watch while by being in person with him. And you could really see just how relaxed and comfortable and happy Neil was. Um, and I doubt that's because he was sitting across the table for me. It was probably because he had been a couple days back home in Nova Scotia then. And we talked about that a lot before we recorded and after we recorded, just how uh, important those trips home are for, for someone like him and for his whole family. And that resonated with me so much. I remember the trips home when I was living away was like recharging my batteries. If I went too long, I just started getting more and more sluggish. Uh, the impact of being away, the homesickness got worse and worse and worse. And so, yeah, it getting home just felt totally different. Uh, the first sort of smell of salt air coming out of the, the plane at Halifax Stanfield, it just, you'd feel lighter. And I could just see it 
in Neil that day. Um, granted, LaHave Bakery is great. It was a sunny day next to the LaHave River. Those things all played into it, but they played into it because it was home. And uh, so, yeah, I, I think that was something that none of you listening could see, but you probably heard it in his voice. And I just wanted to call it out because um, it made me really happy to see how um, sort of relaxed and comfortable he was being being back home. So uh, from everything I've seen, it looks like he had a great trip home. Uh, I hope uh, hope you enjoyed the conversation with Neil as much as, as I did. Hopefully you had a delicious cappuccino in front of you like I did. Um, you probably didn't have the level of treats that I did because after the show, I went and bought way too many like squares and cakes and stuff that I pretty much ate entirely myself. Uh, I did share a little bit. Um, but yeah, so I hope you enjoyed the conversation, uh, hoping to do more of those in-person ones because uh, I think that's pretty unique. So yeah, any feedback on the show, uh, definitely you know find my contact details in the show notes and, uh, and let me know uh, your thoughts on it. Global Blue Nosers is a Some Good Media and Entertainment production. It's hosted, edited, and produced by me, Sean Meister. All the music used on the show is by Lunenburg-based band Black Matilda. You can find the show on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, so give us a follow. If you enjoyed the show today, I'd really appreciate a five-star review wherever you're listening today, and make sure to follow or subscribe on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening, and I can't wait to welcome you back again next week.